Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate, and I'm by myself. I was about to say with me, as always, is Charles Chuck Lawrence Thompson, but he's not here. You guys are watching live on Patreon right now. It's just me, and this is weird. There's no one around me. You guys got my whole camera. I can swing my arms back and forth. And you see what I, you guys see what I'm doing all over the place. So if this is your first time listening to the podcast, we normally have two of us, but he's on vacation, okay? And he'll be back at the end of the week. So it's just me today, but almost every single day of the week when we want to, I think the way I said that, that means that some days of the week when we want to, we still can't do it, is what that just means. But we do, meant is a, is a better word, we do a new episode every single day of the week when we want to, talking about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. We are libertarians here. Doesn't mean we're members of the Libertarian Party, but it does mean that in ideology, we believe that you shouldn't hurt people and you shouldn't take their, take their stuff. We believe that people own themselves. I think that that is a pretty simple idea that most people these days can get behind. That everyone owns themselves. Huh. Isn't that just crazy? Josh says, I can watch Braveheart to cheer yourself up. Uh, you know, they're going to they're gonna be putting it on. I think YouTube TV has got it like next weekend or something. So I was going to rent it. I don't own it. It'd be my first time watching it. So I'll watch it once they put it there on YouTube TV. So we talk about the fact that you own yourself and how, honestly, if we can get everyone to believe that, just think, the laws, the regulations, the rules, do they follow in line with the idea that you own yourself and other people own themselves as well? And as long as you aren't doing things to take liberties, to take rights away from other people, then the government should mind their own business, which really means they shouldn't do a lot of the things that they are doing. we got to drastically decrease the size of the government because you know what they really do? They slow everything down. They get in the way. They stop the free market, which is the best engine for making everyone's lives better, as many lives as possible better. They really just get in the way. And they take their little cut off of it. They waste money. They spend money where it doesn't need to be spent they de- devalue all of our currency, a lot of terrible things. They put people in prison for hurting no one but themselves. Just a lot of terrible stuff, okay? Now, that doesn't mean that we're anarchists. I do think that there will always be people who have authority who will stop others from taking rights from other people. So really what I want the government to do is make sure that rights, natural rights, your born God-given rights are not taken away from you by anyone else. And that is really the main thing. So today, today is a special episode, very special episode. So we do have a Patreon group here, patreon.com slash Liberty. We got people watching live every single day. And today we're going to be having a few people call in. I said, hey, we'll talk about whatever it is that you want to talk about. Okay. Now... My hope is that it has something to do with liberty and something to do with what's going on. But hey, if you want to call and tell me about uh, this 
fight you had with your wife last night. I mean, I can't stop you from doing that. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take your rights away from you. Okay. It's free speech zone here. No, we're gonna have a few people call in and uh, talk about everything that's going on around the world. I think a few minutes we're gonna have our first per- person calling in here soon. So I was gonna start going through a little bit of the news. I ran across this crazy frustrating article from ABC News earlier. So I don't know if you guys have seen, but there's a little bit of civil unrest going around still around the country. But ABC is doing its job to make sure that we do not associate any of the violence and the rioting and the looting with any of the protests. Now, in a way, that's true, because if there's someone just out there protesting, holding a sign that says in qualified immunity in the drug war, all these great things that we could probably, a lot of us could get behind. Well, that's very different. But if you are, say, taking rights away from other people, remember we talked about that earlier. If you're taking people's rights, say, to freely travel, if you are burning down their property, if you're stealing their property, if you're assaulting them in any kind of way, and it has to do with the protests, well, there's a difference between the peaceful protests and the non-peaceful protests. Now, what we've heard, obviously, from the news is that the protests are mostly peaceful. Mostly peaceful. Mostly peaceful. Just like that guy that was on fire over the weekend, he was mostly not on fire. So I'm not really sure what he was worried about. I looked over, and most of him, most of his body, about 93% of it was probably not on fire. So you really shouldn't be worried about your stupid feet being on fire. I mean, you're mostly not on fire, dude. What are you worried about, man? Just get on about your daily lives, okay? So what we have to differentiate everything is uh, between the the idea of peacefully protesting, holding up a sign, talking about people uh, that are doing terrible things in the government and talking about social justice or criminal justice or whatever it is that you want to be protesting about. And then we have to talk about how, well... Is there rioting and looting? Are people's rights being taken away? What's going on there? And what ABC News is trying to make sure they're doing is they do not want, they, they do not want anyone to associate the violence with the Black Lives Matter movement. That is, that is really the big thing that's going on here. Now, I think it's unfair to say that all of the Black Lives Matter protesters are violent. I don't think that's a good thing. I don't think you should ever loop uh, one person in on a whole group, like like just link all those together and say that one person or even a small percentage of a group is indicative of the entire group. But it is a portion of that group, and you have to ask whether or not that group is pushing for that kind of violence. Are they pushing for this ideology that leads to people doing these terrible things? We've been talking about this for a while when it came to Bernie Sanders and AOC. Now, I don't think Bernie Sanders asked any of his supporters to go to a congressional baseball field and try to shoot up all the people that were out there. So I don't think he's pushing for people to go do that. But then you also have to ask yourself, well, if you consistently tell people, if you, if you consistently tell people that the rich are killing people, that these people died because of wealth inequality, and that the Republicans are racist and they want this to be happening to black people actually if you're going through a tough time and you're homeless or whatever actually it was the fault of the republicans or it was the fault of trump now eventually what happens here which we've seen throughout history 
what happens is that idea, these people died. Bernie Sanders would say, well, 40,000 people died that didn't have to from a lack of health care. And it's the rich. It's the evil, greedy, rich people's fault. Of course. Eventually, people are going to take that to mean, well, these people are killing people. Therefore, they're, they're taking away people's rights, so I need to go out there and kill them. I need to go out there and stop this. And so when you're out there painting people like this with this ideology, eventually it becomes violent. Now, that, that doesn't mean that I think it's Bernie Sanders' direct fault that someone went out there and, and shot up some people on a, on a baseball field. I don't think that that's his personal fault that that specific instance happened. But we've talked about that ideology. We've talked about what it means when you eventually convince enough people that the rich are killing people, that Republicans are killing people, well, eventually, they're going to rise up and fight back against this thing that they think is a threat. Okay? Now, unfortunately, they're going to try and fight back using more government force against other people. And that's what it eventually leads to. So, deaths at protests from Kenosha to Portland. But motive tells different story. So what they got to make sure is that they're not going to link this to Black Lives Matter. These were actually all separate. Oh, wait, hold on, guys. I'm getting a phone call here. Let me see what's going on. Let's see who we got. Hello. Hello. Good afternoon. Good morning, Liberty. How's it going, man? Is this, uh, is this, can I just say Magoo or Jim? Or what, do you, what do you want me to do here? Yeah, this is Jim, a.k.a. Magoo, as the uh, Patreon chat group knows me as. Now they actually get to hear my voice. It's about it's about darn time. <laughs> so how's it going today, man? It's going good. Uh, real quick, I just want to say thank you, Nate, uh, for this opportunity. Uh, this is a huge risk you're taking, and I, I appreciate it, and I don't take it lightly. <laughs> no problem, man. I, I think you know I, I trust everyone in the I trust everyone in the group. I think we everyone's got the rack together, so I think it will go well. <laughs> yeah, we can we can nice yeah <laughs> um we'll be on our best behavior but okay. real quick i want to i want to say that guy in portland he may have only been seven percent on fire but that was still at least 93 percent hilarious <laughs> it was <laughs> i did a video i don't know if everyone saw it but i did a video with uh i put cotton eye joe in the background of it and i slowed down mm -hmm. the video to the beat of cotton eye joe which i thought was was really good i got a kick out of it i laugh every time i watch it so i thought that i thought that was pretty good but i've seen some really good some really good remixes of his fire dance. Oh yeah. I thought that his little footprint fire marks were just adorable. It was the <laughs> cutest little thing I saw all weekend. <laughs> I mean, hell, at least they're making riots funny again. I know we uh, need to at least get some good social media videos out of this for sure. If we can get one positive thing. Yeah. I say, look for the humor in all this because, uh, I think too many people are being a little, um, you know, spending a little bit too much of their time being upset these days and, uh, you know, make America laugh again. That's, yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. Maybe we could come up with some new TV shows that are like going live, like instead of live PD, we just go live Antifa or live protests, something like that. And we just follow people. We could at least get some, some good TV shows, some maybe reality shows of like protesters who are, you know, that's all they do all day and they go out and, you know, maybe I was thinking like maybe like an it's always sunny in Philadelphia kind of thing. Only what they do is they leave and they go out and protest and riot and stuff like that. And then they come back. And I think maybe there's some good I think there's some good things that can come from this. 
Oh, absolutely. I want to see an Impractical Jokers Riot Edition. Get out there and mix <laughs> it up with the groups. See what happens. That'd be good. We want you to go up there and punch that guy in the face. Just go up there and punch him in the face. <laughs> yeah, but we're going to give you an oversized boxing glove. It's going to be hilarious. <laughs> It'll have the hammer and sickle on it. It'll be uh, get down, a very good photo op. Get down your underwear and go up there and lay up in front of that car. Let's see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, and no matter what, cry you know, cry out that it's uh, that you're being oppressed as you're attacking that person. Nice. Do that. Impractical protesters. I like it. <laughs> I think we're onto something, Nate. <laughs> oh, what else? So, what you know? What's the most important thing going on to you right now? Like, what do we need to be paying the most attention to? Well, other than laughing at a lot of this, I do think that there's a lot of serious stuff going on, and it's it's. It, it is a good thing to have a podcast like, uh, you know, what you and Chuck do here by breaking down current events and news with humor and with a libertarian perspective. I think that one thing I've noticed with talking to a lot of people, because everyone's talking about this, uh, you know, this is now the topic of conversation. And when you talk to people, especially in an election year, and you get to find out exactly kind of what they're looking for in government, they kind of always end up realizing that they're more libertarian than anything else. So I think that right now the biggest thing is to pay attention to what you and Chuck are doing. And that is trying to get that message out there. And if you can bring humor in it, then I think you're just doing one hell of a job. So, yeah, we, we try to balance between how serious everything is and how ridiculous everything is. And, um, and then sometimes, you know, people, people just don't find the same things funny a lot i mean i'll be laughing a lot sometimes and maybe it's it's obviously not a really funny situation it's very serious but i mean that there's a there's a lot of good information that comes from humor also so that's actually just how charlie and i talk to each other that's that's just the way that we discuss everything so but it's you know one of my one of my things is the news is always trying to manipulate everyone and I think it's important to dig behind what's in these headlines and some of the actual statistics behind things and figure out how you're being manipulated. And then I think you're right, man. I think, uh, I think a, a lot of people are libertarians. I, I think they really are. I think they don't know it yet, uh, but I think a lot of people really want to be left alone, but then they also, they want that safety and security too. And sure. that's kind of the problem. And, and we, the free market's really good at providing those things so long as you uh, work for it and realize that you have to uh, trade value with other people. And then if there's some people who can't do that, that people will, will help other people voluntarily. And um, I think a lot of people really want to be left alone. They're just fearful of something. And so that always leads to them you know, wanting to have the government take care of the thing that they're worried about. And when you have the government take care of the fears of every single person in the country, it, uh, it turns into a big old mess. Like what we got right now. A big old casserole of chaos. It's a, Um, it's a kerfuffle is what it is. That's the technical term. If I ever, if I ever did see one, I'd have to agree. (laughs) And a big thing is, you know, what you and Chuck push is, uh, you know, the pursuit of uh, life, liberty, and uh, the pursuit of meaning. And I think that what we're seeing here is the uh, large percentage of our population uh, that's freaking out because I just, I think they're getting hit with reality that they uh, they don't really know their purpose or their meaning. 
And so uh, I think that that's hugely important. I think one of the biggest gain, things I've gained from listening to your show is, uh, is, you know, is trying to have that purpose, try to have that personal responsibility, um, which has pushed me into different things that I've, you know, gotten into just directly from you guys. Uh, trading being one, following uh, Jason Stapleton, starting a podcast, trying to all of this, trying to uh, gain more financial autonomy and freedom so that when these kind of things happen and come up in our society, we can be a little more safeguarded from it as much as any one person can anyway. So, yeah. What kind of podcast are you doing? Um, so, uh, the name of it is ignore the rant. It's just me and two of my buddies, an old college roommate and my neighbor. And we just break down current events kind of like how you and Chuck do, uh, not, it's not a libertarian podcast per se. It's, it's me and my liberal friend and a political agnostic. And we break things down. I play the right wing guy pretty much most of the time, but, uh, if you enjoy any of the stuff that uh, I've ever typed out in your chat, uh, it's a lot of that, but just behind this voice. Yeah, nice. Well, you got a good radio voice, so I'm definitely going to go check it out. And it's cool that you have, you said you have a liberal on there and you've got a, someone who's kind of, you know, either doesn't care or hasn't picked a side. And uh, He's so- heavily opinionated, but he is not a participant. Yeah. So we we got a little bit of everything, at least as much as we can out of three guys. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Well, uh, I'm definitely going to check that. I'm going to put a link to it in our uh, on our episode today, too, and make sure that everyone can go check that out. You said ignore the rant. That's right? correct. Nice. And is that available everywhere where there are podcasts? It is. Pod, uh, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, all the stuff. I'm trying to follow in y'all's footsteps. What are you using uh, for the, uh, did you say you're using Podbean the other day? That's correct. Yeah. Have you liked that so far? I mean, it's all right. I don't have anything to compare it to because we are infants in this field. (laughs) So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm learning as I go. I'm probably going to look back in a year and look at the episodes that are out now. There's about 13 of them that I will probably hide my face and shame over, but uh, that is the nature of the game, I guess. It is. You just have to do it. I I can't even listen to our earlier episodes, and I I mean, you know, we were putting them out and happy with them and everything. It's the same thing when I was doing music. I can't even go listen to the first songs I was putting out. It's just too, I just, uh, it's too embarrassing <laughs> to listen to. Oh, yeah. But I'm sure, you know, it, it's not as as bad as I think it is. It's just. Uh, you get better over time and the only way you're going to get better is by continuing to do it. That's it, man. Just got to keep L I V I in (laughs) it. Exactly. Got to do it. Well, um, thanks so much for calling today. I mean, you got anything else? I know, uh, Josh will be coming up, uh, going to be coming up here soon. Um, but anything else you got, let me know, or if we're good to go. Well, I can't wait till this COVID lockdown stuff is done. Uh, I'm up in Nashville a handful of times a year. I'd love to love to thank you in person. Maybe do a, a meet and greet. Let everybody see my <laughs> my, my beautiful face. Yeah. And go have some, go have some fun. I almost hung out with a uh, with um Sam last night. I was going to go, and I ended up I came back from Illinois too late last night, and then I had some family over at my house, and it just didn't work. But he was uh, coming through. Uh, he was up in Clarksville, just uh, you know, here close to Nashville, and uh, I was gonna go, gonna go grab a non-alcoholic beverage with him last night, and uh, wasn't able to do it. But yeah, we want to schedule something where everyone can get together sometime. It's been it's been a little tough 
uh, with everything being randomly locked down. But I want to do a shooting day and, a, you know, we'll go out to some of the some of the bars and stuff like that. It'll be fun, man. I'm down for all that, and that's just another reason why everybody needs to join your Patreon group so that they can come and have some fun with the rest of us. All right, man. Thank you. Hey, do you guys have a website for that podcast or just a Facebook page or anything like that? Uh, no Facebook page yet. Uh, we have an Instagram. It's at ignorethereant underscore podcast on IG. Um, we've, we're working on everything. Like I said, we are infants at this. So uh, come yeah. Come watch us fail uh, and have fun doing it. <laughs> hey, man, uh, social media is the most important part of uh, of getting that podcast out there. We uh, we learned that the hard way a couple times doing the podcast with no social media and um, switched into the idea that we, the whole idea the whole time was that we were going to start the Good Morning Liberty Facebook page and run it for a while and then have the podcast, which was that that was kind of the idea the whole time because before that we had done the podcast with no social media and very hard to to grow it that way so we actually built the social media and then have been trying to filter people into the podcast based on them following our social media pages so that that's worked out a lot better so there's my there's my little one tip for you I appreciate the hell out of it, Nate, and uh, thanks for everything you do. I'll get off here so I don't take up anybody else's time, but thank you for this opportunity. Uh, Keep on doing what you're doing, and uh, I'll be in the chat room. All right, man. Good talking to you. You too. See ya. Awesome. Awesome. Good guy. Go check out that podcast. Ignore the rant on all of your favorite podcast apps. I will put a link to it in our show notes. Thanks very much, Jim, for calling in. And got a good radio voice, I can tell. So I bet you it's a good sounding podcast. So I know, uh, Josh, you, anytime. Uh, no, Josh, you couldn't do it today, but uh, yeah, you could. Sorry. I was trying to figure out. Obviously, I've talked to a bunch of people. And, I, and they're great people, and I, and I know them. And, uh, you know, just really great people. So we're going to continue rolling through this until my phone randomly rings again, which could be any time. So ABC News during I'm just going to be funny cuz I'm going to be trying to get through this the same article. <laughs> oh wait, I'm getting a phone call. Weird. All right. Hey, what's up, man? Hey. Uh appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Well, uh, t- <laughs> tell everyone tell everyone your name and who, where you're uh, from. <laughs> I'm uh Joshua Livingston, uh here in the, you know, southern Ohio in the, uh, in the Portsmouth area. And, uh, but yeah, I just, uh, I saw your, uh, you know, your, your invite to Mm -hmm. call in and and just kind of discuss some of the things that, uh, been on my mind here lately. I mean, most of the stuff, um, if if I can, I'm just going to jump right into it. Yeah, go ahead, man. Most of the stuff that I keep seeing in in the news, you know, you know, you, you got the, um, you know, uh, you know, Fridays, you know, just kind of, uh, laughing at the headlines and, and everything. And, and so like a lot of the, the stuff that I'm, I'm seeing and hearing in the news, I, I try to let it roll off my back. Cause kind of like, you know, Magoo had mentioned, uh, <clears throat> earlier, you know, I also listen to Jason Stapleton and, you know, so I, I try to focus on, you know, just moving myself forward, um, you know, like on my own, very, you know, just regardless of who's in, you know, that top spot, you know, who's, mm-hmm. in, uh, who's in the, pre- you know, presidency. Um, cause really, 
they're supposed to be figureheads um, and and not have you know a lot of direct control in my life. However, I've had concern as of late uh, with the eviction moratorium. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm not a landlord, and I, I don't you know own uh, rental property at this time. However, you know. Um, you know, like, like a lot of people, there's, you know, I've got aspirations to, you know, someday, you know, get that down payment, get that first rental property, you know, um, just kind of, you know, let that snowball into, you know, into the next thing, you know, the next property and, and, uh, so forth. It's kind of a, like an opposite Dave Ramsey debt snowball. This is more of an investment property. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, snowballing <laughs> exactly to the positive, more like um, a Grant Cardone kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, and just, I mean, little by little, getting there. Well, real estate has, I mean, you know, you real estate's always been, you know, historically, you know, where you know people, you know, are able to to get their money to work for them, you know, and and. Um, you know, and, and really setting themselves, you know, a good footing. It's been very stable you know, historically. Uh, I mean, yes, we we've seen some downturns and everything, but but even you know, even the housing market, um, you know, it it recovers. You know, it takes a, a dip and and everything, but uh, but anyway, what's got me concerned here lately is you know the eviction moratorium. A lot of folks, uh, you know, just assume that people who own rental property are big real estate moguls, and and that's not necessarily you know the, the case. Um, you know, it's uh, just like uh, you know, just like sixty percent of of you know what you buy on Amazon is actually like third party, like small businesses. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, rental properties are are largely the same way. You know, they're, they're really just small businesses. And, you know, you may have some mom and pop, um, you know, operation where it's just, you know, like a, maybe a husband and wife, they, they've got three or four rental properties, you know, and m- maybe less than that. Um, you know, and so the, you know, the presidential executive order, which we could definitely argue, you know, whether or not, you know, exe- uh, executive orders are, are constitutional. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, I don't but, think you and I would have to argue about that. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> no, no. Uh, it, it's and it's uh, it's unfortunate uh, that I mean, it's almost like there are folks out there that are just begging to crash the economy. You know, I'm like, well, why are you pulling at that thread? That thread there, um, you know, and it's just and it's it's not solely the, the fault of whatever the sitting president is that, you know, like they are taking those liberties because the people who are supposed to, uh, you know, hold those uh, responsibilities, you know, it's, it's, it's Congress. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Congress is, is who's allowing that to happen. Um, you know, like they've got two main, you know, jobs, create a budget, <laughs> which we know they've failed Brilliantly, brilliantly, yeah. many decades uh, to do that, and and their second charge is, you know, to you know pass legislation, you know, and so 
not only do they pass that buck along to um, you know, various uh, agencies, you know, but even you know allowing you know executive orders to grow and expand in in power and reach when they're really executive orders are only supposed to affect the individuals that are government employees. You know, uh, yeah, so there's. It, it, <laughs> you're right. You're hitting it on the head there. I mean, they're not. They're passing the buck uh, to. They don't want the responsibility of of actually dealing with a lot of these things because they don't want to lose their jobs and they don't want to make anyone mad and they want to blame someone else for it. And uh, that's just kind of, it seems like that's just a natural tendency of a lot of people because we can say that all over the place. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's their job to make sure that these kind of laws are passed and budgets are made and all that. And, and um I think one of the most important things that could be done obviously is a budget, but then also getting rid of a lot of these agencies like what, and you know, why is the CDC able to make some kind of a, a declaration that we're going to have a moratorium on, on rent. It's uh it's just crazy. But one thing I wanted to point to that, that you said was you want to, you want to invest in these rental properties. And a lot of people think that these, that there's like these big, real estate moguls behind all of this property that's out there. And that's something that people pay attention to, like the people that are like that, but really the bulk of people are just someone who got an extra house or, the, you know, like my house I'm in right now, The what my wife and I are talking about doing is buying a new house in a different part of town, keeping this one and renting it out. And that's what a lot of people do if you get into the point where you can do that, because you know that you can have someone paying you for the rent. And then at the end of the day, you can end up having a house that you didn't pay for. And that's a good net worth right there. Uh, if you can get someone else to pay the rent. <clears throat> so it's a great investment opportunity. But the problem I always see in this is it, it gravitates towards only being able to have the big real estate moguls, because those are the only ones that can afford to, to wait six months to get any money from anyone and exactly. it creates it, a barrier to entry. It creates that. And it leads, you know, that you get your people on the left talking about how the, the 1% gaining their wealth and, and the, the big businesses are all they're combining. And it's, you know, just a few people at the top running everything. And this is actually how you get to that is you create something where the little people, uh, like all of us guys, we can't sit there and go get a property and wait six months to get any money from it. And so only the people that have a ton of money are going to be able to do this. And then maybe six months from now or however long it'll be when they actually end up collecting on everything. And maybe it's just going to be a big government check that goes out to everyone that could they could hold out. I don't know. Um, then it's only the people that had the money to stick it out for that long that are going to get all that money. And you're going to have more and more people who don't have that investment and that that those assets that they used to be able to have, and it just makes the problem worse. And mm -hmm. it's I don't it's crazy that people don't see this because it, it becomes pretty obvious. Yeah, exactly. And 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 there's you know landlords by default out there that you know they they simply either couldn't bear to let a, a property go for maybe sentimental reasons, or they, they just you know, the market wasn't in a place where they were able to sell it, you know, and, and, and get out of it. You know, maybe they're underwater. So they've got to rent it to somebody just to be able, you know, 
to afford, you know, to, to pay that mortgage that they still can't get out of. So then, uh, all, you know, it, you know, if you've got a renter who's in there and not paying that bill, uh, you know, the landlord, uh, who can't afford to pay the bill, which is the entire reason they rented it out to begin with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're getting foreclosed on, you know, because the bank doesn't care, uh, you know, that there's, there's no moratorium on bank foreclosure yeah. you know, to go along with it. <laughs> yeah. <that helps. laughs> so it's, it, it's just hurting, you know, the, the, like I said, the little, um, you know, and the little investors, uh, and, and I, I use the word investor, you know, even lightly in that situation, you know, um, you know, landlord by default, you know, that, that happens, you know, quite commonly, you know, maybe, you know, mom or dad passes away and they leave, you know, leave the house to you and, you know, um, but, uh, well, yeah, you could yeah, be, but- maybe you had to move somewhere and maybe the the market in the area was just terrible and you literally couldn't sell the house. I've had people in my family who, who um, had a house and they just couldn't sell it and they needed to move. So they just offered it up for rent and you, that was going to be the only way they could be able to move and still be able to, to pay that bill. And then, you, I mean, it's just, if you wanted to get crazy conspiracy theory, the way you were just talking about the bank foreclosure, I was like, man, what bank executive told them to make this moratorium on collecting rent? Because they're about to, they're about to seize a bunch of property. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I mean, they're, they're, what they're doing is setting the stage to create a fire sale, you know, for all the big players, you know, the, you know, the people that the left, you know, uh, villainize, uh, you know, vilifies, uh, sees as, you know, like, Oh, you know, these, these horrible rich people. I'm like, okay, all you're doing is giving, giving them discount, discount inventory, you know, all, all this property, you know, that, you know, it's gotten foreclosed on. And so they're getting, you know, great deals on this stuff. So that now the big get bigger, you know, and, yeah. and forces out, you know, your friendly neighborhood landlord. Um, it's one of the things I'd, that uh, you talk about a lot with um, rent control as well that Thomas Sowell talked a lot about where you you create all these rules and rent control for, for lower-valued properties, and what ends up happening is all of the investment money ends up going into the higher-value properties, and that ends up equaling less, less low-price property available for people who really need it because people won't move into that space for investment to create those lower value properties or lower price properties for people. And I see this doing the same thing. Like if you want to try and escape, if you want to try and make sure that you're going to continue receiving money for your property, you need to just be in a super rich, wealthy neighborhood where there's a good chance that those people are going to be able to keep their jobs and keep their income or still be able to pay their bills uh, because those are going to be the areas that are going to escape all the government regulation like they always have. So that's, and then you end up with less, you end up with less properties that are affordable for people and you end up with less smaller investors being able to increase their, their assets and uh, just keep snowballing down the hill. Yeah. Unfortunately that seems to be, you know, commonplace in, in the, the trajectory of, of the sentiment, you know, that, you know, that we keep, uh, you know, hearing about, um, you know, from folks with more socialist views, you know, mm-hmm. uh, re- you know, regardless of, of what political party, you know, they, they claim, uh, you know, but just, you know, having that, you know, those, uh, views that, that mindset and, 
it is it does seem to be the direction we're headed and mm-hmm. i don't know if it's um being pushed and all the strings being pulled to go that direction or if this is just a a natural tendency that people move towards um just out of you know we're coming up on an election right now and what trump doesn't want is he doesn't want 40 million people to lose all their homes before the election you know and so i'm like well maybe maybe there's not a you know a socialist pulling his strings a specific a, a group of people in a room trying to destroy the system you know there maybe you know that might have happened earlier in the year who knows but um maybe this is just him trying to make sure 40 million people don't go without their homes before the election which is just for politics to stay in power but uh it all ends up having the same ending at the at the end of the day that's how we've gotten where we are are just little moves oh how do i take care of this group how do i take care of this group how do i make sure i get those votes and just one little thing at a time just keeps combining together and you end up where we are right now yeah you know exactly i mean i you know like you i mean it's like i don't I don't attribute it to, you know, any kind of a, you know, tinfoil hat, uh, you know, type of, you know, approach like, oh, there's, there's a secret, you know, society that, you know, is pulling all these strings behind, you know, closed doors. Uh, although, you know, makes great Hollywood. Um, you know, I, I watch that stuff too. It's entertaining, but you know, I honestly, you know, it, it's more of a, of a human nature, you know, um, you know, just to, you know, you want good things for everyone, you know, but with no actual economic, you know, education, um, on a grand scale, um, you know, that there's economic ignorance. Nobody understands the, the impact of, of these, you know, actions there. And so, I mean, as far as, you know, uh, you know, Trump, you know, putting that, um, moratorium, you know, in place and, and keeping it, you know, in place politically, you know, argue, maybe, or, Maybe it is the the right room uh, move for him, arguably, uh, you know, polit- from a political standpoint. But you know, as we've you know mentioned, if um, you know the, the more involved you know he is in, in getting that, uh, you know, putting the moratorium, well, then you're really only accentuating the problem that you're trying to avoid. So you know, it's just if you if you would just back off and stop messing with it we would end up in a more you know in a, a positive state because the, the the landlords especially the small ones they want to keep the tenants that they have they can't afford you know a lot of t- turnover so they're already incentivized to keep them in there mm-hmm. it, yeah and, and so i think on a larger scale i, I think a lot of people just kind of uh, fail to, to realize that there's already incentives there and you know assuming that you know everyone's evil just because maybe they are in a, a different economic situation than you um uh, that's that's just nonsense it doesn't make any sense to me yeah i mean but, in the kind of economy we're in right now the landlords i, I don't think they have so many people beating down their doors to get in these properties that they're just going to shove people out as soon as they don't make the payment. Like you said, they are incentivized to try and help that person stay in there and they know what we're going through right now. Maybe they do a discounted rent for a little bit or they, they let the person 
uh, you know, pay it back over some time because it's expensive as a landlord to to flip a property for a new renter. And so they, they know that too. Like it could be good to give someone a break for a couple months rather than having them move out and do all the work that you have to do to get a new person in that property. Uh, because there's a lot of, you might have to do some repainting, you know, cleaning like crazy and doing all kinds of stuff to to make the place look good for a new person. Like you said, there's already an incentive inside the free market to try and keep as many people housed as possible. They're, they're, they don't want to just have the house sit there vacant. They're probably going to be more likely to take a, a lower pay for a little bit because they know the situation everyone's in. And uh, that's the thing. I think people yeah. people aren't giving the the potential, I don't know, goodness of the human nature a chance <laughs> here. So, all right, yeah. man. Well, well any, anything you else you any, anything else you got for me? I mean, this is this is a cool this is a cool. I've never really thought about doing this with the Patreon supporters, and I just happened to think of it over the at the end of the week last week, and I was like, hey, why don't we do that more often? We need to do this like once a month or something and have everyone call in. It's kind of fun. Yeah, it has been really fun. I, it yeah. was, you know, it's a it's a nice you know, different flavor, uh, you know, than, than I'm used to seeing. But uh, yeah, kind of felt like uh, compelled to get that you know this topic off my chest and, and just you know uh, share with the world and, and you know see what everybody else's thoughts are on it. So I appreciate you uh, for doing that, Nate. All right, man. Thank you for calling in. Have a good right. one. You too. Later. Awesome. That was Josh. Thank you for calling in, Josh. We appreciate it. So, yeah, I mean, some good points there on the whole moratorium on, on evictions. And, you know, we don't want anyone to be evicted from their properties at all. What we need to do is we all need to try and help people. I think that the the people who are actually renting out these properties, the landlords, they're not all just giant companies who are just, who have a massive list of people who are trying to get in. Now, sometimes you do for sure, but I do think people are incentivized to try and cut people a break for, for a couple months because they know what's going on. I know that's not going to happen everywhere. I know there are some sticklers out there. There's still going to be a big percentage that have a problem, but we all, we have to realize that we keep creating problems and then we get into that problem, and then we say, well, what can we do to fix this problem? And then we fix it with another problem. And then that's going to create another problem. And then we're going to say, well, people are in a tough position. What are we going to do to fix this problem? And at some point in time, and this, this doesn't have to, have to be it. I don't know if the moratoriums are the, you know, the, the hill to die on here. Um, I think it's a... It is a massive hill, and it's very important. So at some point in time, we have to say, I realize this is a problem uh, enough, enough of the government fixing the problem, because they obviously can't do it. They can't do it whatsoever. You cannot get all of these people, all of these mostly corrupt people in the government when you look at all of them and probably all the stuff going on in the, back, in the background, all of this stuff going on in the government, all these people who have never ran businesses, they a lot of them have never even had jobs other than being in politics. Maybe they got right out of college, you know, and all they were was a, maybe they were a bartender and then they were someone who people say is going to run for president soon. And so they have no business whatsoever telling businesses what they need to do 
or what the entire economy, the entire U.S. economy, which affects the entire world's economy and 7 billion people, what they need to do, okay? So it's enough of the government trying to fix the problem. What we need to do, I think, is what would be great. And there could be some, there could be some things like, like this out there. And if you guys want to help me look for this too, <clears throat> then send it to me if you can't find it right now. But um, are there any, I'm, I'm assuming some GoFundMes, are there any foundations out there that are trying to help people pay their, their rents right now who have been affected by the government lockdown for the coronavirus because we've got to realize the what's going on with the rent and the evictions is stemming from the fact that so many people have lost their jobs why did so many people lose their jobs well because governments around the entire country have forced businesses to close now a lot of them would have closed anyway especially a lot of your bigger businesses would have closed for for a little bit because they don't want to be blamed for people dying but you actually still have places like Walmart and, and Target and Lowe's and Home Depot and all these places that were still open to the whole thing. Well, all your small businesses, well, they weren't. And I think 60% of the people employed are technically employed by a small business. And so we have this massive issue where people lose their incomes and then they can't pay for the basic things that they need. Well, so this is stemming from the problem that we shut down the whole economy and It was a predictable outcome of this happening. And so what do we what do we do about that? We decide that we're going to ban evictions from places. Well, what's the problem that's going to come from that? After that, we're going to have housing values decline like crazy. That's going to hurt a lot of people. By the way, when your housing values decline, when people stop buying, well, then you have you get all of the issues in the banks. You get the people's 401ks, all of their investments going down, things like that. But then you also get builders, construction workers, all these kinds of people who are going to lose their jobs. You get all the people in transportation for all of that construction that's going to have a, a big issue when those people are losing their jobs. Heck, there's people making tools that are going to have a big problem when all those people end up losing their jobs because of that. And then we say, well, all these people were affected. The, these people in the construction industry were affected because we banned evictions and then people stopped building new properties and they stopped investing in new properties. And so we've got to come in here and we got to bail out these people and we got to take care of that. And then you got to look at what's going to come from that afterwards. So we keep rolling down the hill trying to take care of these problems and creating new ones as we go along. And eventually the answer is going to have to be, Stop. Stop, government. Stop trying to help. Please stop, okay? Let the market adjust and fix this. Maybe don't shut down the entire economy and then act like it's crazy that a bunch of people lost their jobs. Huh. And then when they all lost their jobs, act like it's crazy that they're going to end up losing their homes. Maybe maybe that's kind of crazy. Maybe people should can hopefully take from this that it is time to be a little bit more responsible and have some savings. Yes, even if you are making a very low amount of income, you've got to make some very important decisions. There's only some a few things that you actually have to have, which is you're going to have to have a shelter of some kind. You need food and water, and you need a uh, subscription to the Good Morning Liberty Patreon. And those are the only things that you actually need. And you need a device to watch that on. And then after that, everything else are, are just things that we all decide are really important, you know? 
<laughs> so, so you got to start making some really tough decisions, but make sure you keep those core, uh, the core four, as I as I call them, starting right now. So maybe people are going to have to start saving up some money. Maybe they're going to have to work on uh, ways to make more money, working some side jobs. Maybe they're going to have to cut out a few expenses. I don't know. Could 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 do that. I'm not sure. So the problem when we do this is we end up taking away the incentive for people to ever learn. And now I don't want to punish these people who just got punished by losing their jobs and all that. I want to find ways. Are there ways that we can help those people? Is there something that we can do? Number one thing we can do is we can make sure that we don't keep doing this all the time and that we don't keep putting new people in this position later on down the road. So we got to first talk about that, which is what we're doing. But then how do we actually help these people? If each one of us gave a little bit to a GoFundMe or is there a foundation that's going to be taking care of people? But then the problem is when you ban the eviction, stuff like that, why the heck are you going to come up with a foundation or a GoFundMe to go out there and help all these people when they don't need any help anymore because we're already going to forcefully take money from you to help them? That's always, that's always a big problem. So we've got to make sure that we stop creating new problems. We've got to make sure that people learn what the incentive should be from a situation like this. The incentive should be to plan ahead and to plan for bad things. Okay, that, that's, a, that's a very important incentive that people need to pick up. And if we, if we always have a safety net and we never let the bad thing happen, we keep piling on more and more bad things that we're going to keep taking care of, then no one ever gets the point that people need to be responsible for what happens in their lives, even if you've got this massive government over the top of you taking things away from you. We all need to work on a way to save up some money to pay our bills for a few months. And if you get a few, you get three, four, five months where the bill's saved up, put it, put it over to the side, and then we can make it through some problems like this. We can, we can actually get through this and not have to destroy the entire economy along the way if enough people will decide that it's time to take some personal responsibility on. Okay, so uh, real quick, just to end this real fast... I'm going to go through this. We're going to have some people. I talked to some others that are going to call in um, tomorrow, I think. So, and we're going to do a time uh, that people can call in uh, when I assume a lot of people are working too. And I kind of forgot about kind of forgot about that. So maybe we'll do a, a later podcast sometime. So what I got frustrated about with this ABC News article, real quick. Uh, listen, we all need to make sure that okay, people out there protesting criminal justice. We agree with a lot of those things, most of them, more than likely. And if you're just out there holding signs in front of the police station, well, that's one thing. If you're out there taking rights away from people, that's another. What ABC News is pulling now is trying to make sure that these are completely different. And just listen to how they wrote this. Deaths of protests from Kenosha to Portland, but motive tells different stories. So each one of these instances were completely different. They were there and they had nothing to do with the protests. That's the idea. The images are stark. People clashing with police, buildings on fire, vandalism, shootings, and even killings. Some, including Donald Trump, appear to have conflated some of the violence across the nation with protests that have sprung up in the wake of the death of George Floyd at the hands of Minneapolis police. 
But an ABC News examination of a string of fatal and non-fatal confrontations that have occurred amidst the unrest has found that alleged motive for most of the carnage in these incidents are not directly linked to peaceful civil disobedience. So the fatal and non-fatal confrontations are not linked to peaceful civil disobedience. So therefore, these things are completely separated from each other. Because, so, not only are the protests mostly peaceful, they're, they're entirely peaceful. And the non-peaceful part is completely separate. <laughs> that's, that's what we're getting to right now. The recent shooting deaths of two men in Kenosha, Wisconsin, during a protest over a police shooting that left Jacob Blake, 29-year-old black man, paralyzed, and the death of Aaron J. Danielson, a 39-year-old white man, fatally shot in Portland, Oregon, coincided with ongoing demonstrations, but the motives remain under investigation. Some of the deaths have allegedly been perpetrated by suspects with their own agendas that do not include social justice. Others have allegedly been carried out by agitators seeking to use the protest as cover for their own purposes, including looting and other violent acts. Some may have resulted from personal disputes. Protests nationwide begin in the aftermath of the May 25th death of Floyd, a handcuffed black man captured on cell phone video pleading for his life. As Minneapolis police officers held him face down on the ground, one with a knee planted on the back of Floyd's neck. In case you guys hadn't heard the story. Here are a dozen of the deaths examined by ABC News that have occurred during the protests in which police have either charged suspects, identified those allegedly involved, or obtained video of the crime. So we've cherry-picked a dozen out of here. Out of what I can find so far, 31 uh, deaths that have happened so far during the protests and riots. Okay, I'm not saying that people are going out there and holding unqualified immunity signs so hard that people around them are dying. That's not what I'm saying. That's, that's not the idea here. We're talking about the violent part of these protests, which should be fairly obvious. Armed teenager arrested in Kenosha double slay. Now pay attention to the ones that they decide to cherry pick out of here. There are a dozen that they pick out. A group of armed individuals gathered in Kenosha claiming they claiming they were there to help police protect businesses in the city of 100,000 after buildings were set ablaze and stores were looted during the protests. Investigators say the suspect that, that among the group was 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse, who was seen in cell phone videos armed with an AR-15 style rifle. Prosecutors allege Rittenhouse, who at one time was part of a youth public safety program run by local Illinois police, shot and killed two men. Uh, Anthony Huber, 26, and Joseph Rosenbaum, 36, and wounded a third man during an August 25th protest. Attorney for Rittenhouse, who was arrested and charged with two counts of first-degree intentional homicide and reckless homicide, say he acted in self-defense. Because that's what happened. That's why they say that. Guy's not, guy's not going to get convicted on first-degree. No way. Fatal shooting in Portland. Aaron J. Danielson, 39, was shot to death on August 29th in Portland. Danielson was part of a group of people who described themselves as Trump supporters who came to Portland and clashed with protesters. Friends said he was also a supporter of the right-wing group Patriot Prayer. Last Thursday night, a 48-year-old Washington man wanted in Danielson's death was fatally shot when a federal task force comprised of FBI and U.S. Marshals attempted to arrest him. Authorities allege a suspect pulled a gun on the federal agents as they moved in to take him into custody in Lacey, Washington. So, it's, 
interesting because now they need to go they need to go through and make sure that uh that the guy who got shot well it was his it was his fault and they're going to talk about how he was firing paint guns and pepper spray at protesters okay what were the protesters doing i don't know protester fatally shot in austin garrett foster 28 was pushing his wheelchair bound fiance during a protest on july 25th in austin texas when people say a car drove into a crowd of demonstrators marching in the street and was quickly surrounded now this one was difficult for me i actually never saw the i don't know if i got clear evidence of what exactly happened here it says that it is still under investigation at the moment which means they really have not they don't know clearly what happened. The guy was carrying a gun. Garrett Foster was carrying a gun. Um, I don't know who did something wrong. It seemed like the guy in the car was out there to try and hurt someone. That's what it felt like to me. Then they go into the, the fatal Seattle hit and run. Well, this is where protesters were hit by someone who was outside of the protesting group. And that's this is someone who was killed. And in the very last line of this, they mentioned that the driver uh, was black and not that that matters. we got to talk about the violence against the protesters. That's where the violence is actually coming from. Fatal shootings in Seattle's protest zone. Now, this one's really funny. Fatal shootings at Seattle's protest zone. So they talk about uh, Lorenzo Anderson, 19, died after being shot in an area of downtown Seattle that had been taken over by protesters called the Capitol Hill Occupy Protest. Police say Anderson's death appears not to be related to the demonstrations over the death of George Floyd in the uh, Seattle protest zone. Last month, King County prosecutors filed murder charges in the shooting against uh, Marcel LeVon Long, and $2 million warrant was issued for his arrest, and they're still trying to find the person. And then another person was shot in the chop zone, which ended up leading to them to getting rid of the whole zone. Now, the important part is... <laughs> The chop zone had nothing to do with this movement at all. This was a separate incident, this chop zone. They're not out there for social justice. (laughs) This is separate. This was this terrible chop zone that happened. And the killing that was there, well, had nothing to do with the protesters whatsoever. Now, people aren't just saying that the protesters are out there killing people. One of the main things is that when you have all the civil unrest, you create an environment where terrible people can do terrible things and not be held accountable for it because this mob rule is going on, the riots are going on, and the police aren't really able to do anything about it. And so what are you going to do? And you create these situations where stores are getting robbed and store owners are being shot. There was another one here where they just said that they found the girl... Uh, dead in her car in an area that had been overrun with violence in one of the areas I believe in St. Louis I'm pretty sure now here at the very end they do mention David Dorn Okay, he was shot when he went to investigate an alarm going off at a friend's pawn shop found a group of people looting the business police said when Dorn approached the shop the suspect was walking to his car and holding a gun in his hand police said the statement citing surveillance video Dorn's death came on a violent night in St. Louis in which numerous businesses were looted as protests over George Floyd's death were were simultaneously occurring. They just, these things happen to be occurring at the same time. But the people that are looting, now listen, I'm not saying that they're out there looting in the name of George Floyd or that they're looting the protests. I think there are people that are capitalizing on a situation where it's kind of a free-for-all. I get that. But, you can't say that this is just, you know, we didn't have massive looting 
before we had the massive protests in the streets. There, there's not just bands of people going out and looting businesses. It, it took this situation where all of this is going on with these protests for also the riots and the looting to be taking place as well. And saying that, well, the people that are rioting and looting, they're not out there doing anything with social justice. Well, then you listen to some of this and say, well, we're just, we're going to take ours. You know, these people have been taken from us our whole lives and now we're going to get in here and we're going to get ours. That is a bit of the social justice talk that you have been hearing from some of the socialist communist left uh, for a long time. You're just going to have to get out there and take it. In fact, that's the entire ideology that you're going to get out there and take it because, uh, well, that's what they do all the time. Taxation, they just take your stuff without your consent. So what are you telling people is okay to do? When you want something from someone else, you go out there and take it. That's, uh, that's what the idea is. Then they mention, well, fatally shot by the National Guard. There was someone in Louisville, Kentucky, shot by a member of the National Guard. And then we go through a, let's see, we talk about a California protester killed by a motorist. So the protester was killed by, a, by someone who was driving. We get the person that was ran over by the FedEx truck on a, on a freeway protest. Well, that's how that person died. The... The protesters had nothing to do with, I mean, leave alone the fact that they were trying to break into the guy's truck and the guy was speeding off because they were trying to get into his truck. No, that's not, that's not really it whatsoever. It's just, this was a separate occurrence that happened to take place and a protester was ran over by the FedEx truck. The protester was protesting the goods being inside the FedEx truck and not in his hands. And that's what the point he was trying to get across. Now, there is about, they said a dozen, there's about 11 things they list here out of about 31 so far that you can go through. And guess what all of the other ones are? There are times when rioters and looters and yes, even people associated with protests have gone out and killed people or people have been killed in fights during these protests. Those are all the other ones. So they present this evidence out here and I'll link you to the page that has all the rest of them because we're, we're out of time now and we'll be doing some more calls throughout the week. Thank you guys so much uh, for calling in and it's a real fun to, to talk to some of the Patreon supporters for sure. But you got to realize this is from ABC News, and they're basically saying that the violence is not associated with the criminal justice, social, social justice movement. That these are just two completely separate things that are happening. And what we have to realize, like what I started off talking about today, when you convince an entire group of people that they are victims, that rich people are killing other people, that Republicans are killing other people. And then you say, oh, well, the cops are all gone. They're dealing with the uh, mostly peaceful protests over there. Um, you know what? Those things in that store, those are owed to you anyway. Property ownership is is actually racist, and it's, a, it's, actually, it's actually immoral. So all you got to do is just go right in there and, and take that stuff. And so I have a hard time not associating the whole thing together with the same movement. Now, a small percentage is going to be extreme in that movement, which is to go out there and act things out to their logical conclusion. Because when property ownership doesn't exist, when rich people are murderers, when Republicans are murderers, 
when police are vicious racists who are just out there trying to kill black people all day, when you take those ideas to their fullest extent, then you have the right to do anything you want to do. Because all of these people out there, all these shops, those are all immoral. Those are all stealing from all of the people. You're actually Robin Hood in this in this point. You get to go out and actually you're just you're stealing from people who aren't really rich and you're giving to yourself. So um, you're not really Robin Hood. I was going to make a terrible joke right there. Let's just go past that real quick. Anyway, you're not really Robin Hood. You're actually just a thief out there stealing from local shop owners. And uh, even some of them are getting killed. But when you convince people that the people they are stealing from are part of a system that literally kills people intentionally in a pursuit of profit that only they can have, well, then what are you going to act out after that? Okay? That's, that's what you end up acting out. And it's all part of the same movement. And so while there are people out there who are going about this, say, the right way and just protesting, uh, there are other people who are going to take it more extreme, and they're going to remove rights from other people, whether that be their property or their lives. And you can't say that they're completely separate movements. There can be extreme parts of the same ideology. Some people want to do it in a diplomatic way, and some people are going to do it by brute force. But they're the same ideology that is causing these things to happen, Okay. So that's really what I wanted to talk about there. We're going to continue to go through the rest of the week. Thanks for hanging out with just me. Charlie's not here. Like I said, this is your first time that you've ever listened to this show. Normally, there's two of us talking back and forth. Today, you just got me. So, all right, guys. If you learn how to day trade, go to mastermytrades.com through the end of the month because it's Charlie's birthday month. You can get 20% off your membership for two months. You go to mastermytrades.com, use the promo code 20STONK, and if you never traded before, we have over 200 videos on the website, taking you all the way from opening up your account, learning how to read charts, learning the strategies that we trade every day, and then we go live every day. The market's been kind of crazy the last uh, few days or so because it's been dropping and um there there's been a little bit of a slower time for the stocks that we normally trade because things are very uncertain right now that's good that means you got time to get in that class and start learning and be ready to strike when the opportunity is presenting itself in front of you so you want to get in there right now go to mastermytrades.com you can get 20 percent off using the promo code 20 stonk get in there today and if you didn't already hear about it go to that patreon.com slash good morning liberty and get in the patreon group we're going to keep doing call-in stuff like this because i think it's really fun so you get in there all of the money that comes in through all of you wonderful patreon supporters goes directly back into advertising we asked uh, anyone who is at a certain level what they care about for us to advertise and we're advertising i think on about 10 different articles right now, a couple different videos, uh, running ads for our page, running ads on other podcasts all the time. And so all of that goes back into pushing this podcast forward, which is really just trying to push the movement forward, which is trying to help restore individual liberty back to the people. So if you guys do all of those things, we will be right back here. I'll be right back here again tomorrow. Until then, have a good day. 
and a good morning, Liberty. I don't have the outro music on the board. So that's it. Uh, I can't hit the outro music.